We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. The problem that many of us face in our walk with Christ is the love of what? Earthly things. That's the problem. That's why folks can't fall in love with humans because they're in love with what humans got. Worried about what they got. Worried about what they bring into the table. Worried about their money. Worried about their fun. Worried about what you going to look like in front of other people. Amen. Some of these single women in here, thank God for the ones that are waiting the way God said. But some of you don't have men because you're worried about stuff. Things. Yeah. Many of us love things so much that we cannot give up certain things for the sake of Christ. There's things in your way you can't even serve Christ good because you're worried about things. Because the devil will take your love for things and mess with your bills and you'll be so concerned about not having stuff, you'll forget God exists. Every time you hit your knees, it's about what you want and don't have. Things. John 12 and 25, he that loveth his life shall what? Going to lose it. He that hateth his life in this world is going to keep it unto what? Life eternal. What is he saying? He's saying, man, if you worried about things and you can't lose your life, you're going to, I mean, if you love things, then you're going to lose. But if you can hate the things of this world and hate don't mean that you don't have them. It just means that it's not priority. The love of things can hurt us in our walk with the Lord. If we value things above the well-being of others, then we are not where Christ wants us to be. So you can't value things above the well-being of others. This applies especially when you're in a relationship. You can't let money be why y'all are arguing all the time. Things? Really? That's going to be the end of you and your relationship? Some money? You can't value things above your husband or wife's well-being. Amen. Amen. And you know, a lot of times broke love is better than rich love. When you fall in love and you're broke, man, it just seems like it just glue you together. Once a little prosperity comes. You're able to get your hair done a little too much. He's able to rock his new jeans a little too much. He think he's up now. But when you was broke, you was in love. You didn't have nothing but each other and wick. <laughs> Amen. That's me and my wife had, but we had wick. We had food stuff. We had two of our kids on the county. Vicky and Landon on the county. Amen. Amen. Because I didn't have no money. So I had my children. That's what it's for. I didn't stay on it, but I was on it. I needed assistance. She didn't look down on me. She's still here. Amen. Amen. And I went in there to get it. I didn't send her to go get the assistance. I went and got it. Because I told her, I'm the one that needed it. Right. We, we did what we had to do. Vicky and Lana, I mean, they, we did. They both of them was fat babies. I had to get the county for Lana. But we had to do what we had to do, man. But, man, we got past that. Jonathan came. We was able to have pay for him in the hospital. You know, so he, he, don't, he, he, he don't understand the struggle. He's different from the other kids. 
he, he don't understand. But yeah, but I, we did what we had to do at the time, and it never affected our relationship. We didn't ever even talk about it. She never get mad at me. You old broke. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> get mad at me. Call me broke, cause we was both broke. If I'm broke, <laughs> oh, but love will keep you together. If it's love, you don't get caught up in what the world's doing and what the world is saying and all this, what society's doing and all that. Man, that'll mess your relationship up. Trying to keep up with TV, keep up with Facebook posts and Instagram. That'll mess your relationship up. But if we value things above the well-being of others, then we're not where Christ wants us to be. First John 2 and 15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. He's talking about the things that are in the world. Don't love those things. Because we all know for God so loved the world. So the people in the world, we have a love for that we want to help them. Right? But the things of the world, he says in the next one, all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. If that's in you, the love of God is not. Amen. That's Bible. That's what the Bible says. The love of things come when we desire to please others, make others feel like we are equal to them or even better than them. This is where the love of things come. When we are trying to make, trying to look good in front of others. You know you can't look good in front of others? Did you know that? You can't look good in front of others. All you can look in front of others is yourself. Whether you look good or bad, they're going to have something to say. If you look good, look at her thinking she look good. If you look bad, look at her, she look bad. There's no way out of it. Why would you try to please that opinion when that opinion is always going to go again? They're going to hate on you either way. This behavioral mechanism is an attempt to mask the true deficits of, a low, of low self-worth and esteem in our lives. So when a person has low self-worth, they're always trying to boost their self-worth by the, by the opinions of others. So they want other people to approve of them so they can feel better about themselves because they don't feel good about themselves. Right? That's what it is. Amen. See, that's a man's job. A man is supposed to come in and cover that part of a woman and make her feel good about herself so she don't have to go chase that anywhere else. Right? And then the man, the Bible called the woman to help me. He looked at man and said, man, should I be alone? That's because the woman is supposed to come along and give him the worship, honor, and glory that he's supposed to get in his house so he don't have to go out and get that nowhere. Amen. He's supposed to feel special in his house so you don't have to go nowhere else and, sp- and feel special. Right? Yeah, that's, what's, that, that's the problem with movie stars and different ones that are famous. They're getting that what, what from the world, but at night, it's, it's, it's not there. It's, it's temporal. It's, it's, it's temporary. It's superficial because the people don't know them. Can't nobody praise you and they don't know you. That's why we can't praise God unless we know him. We got to know who we're praising. He said with their mouth, they're drawing close to me. He said, but their hearts are what? Far from me. They don't know me. So I'm not receiving their praise because they don't know me. 
And it's the same when strangers are, man, you did a good job. Man, you this, you that, you that. You don't know me. The one that knows you is your husband and wife, and that's where you're supposed to get it from. Because then it's real and not superficial. Then you don't have to go out and prove yourself to the world. Because you're proven in your home. Ask your kid. Let your kids come tell you. Read your Father's Day card. Then you don't need it from the world. Can I preach in here? Yeah, but, the, but, but, but we kick the marriage to the curb. We mess over the husband. We mess over the, we mess that situation so much that we got to go out and find it somewhere else. And we're loving the world. All because we got low self-worth and esteem issues in our own life. Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or for vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other what? better. So you shouldn't be trying to look better than others. You're supposed to be esteeming others better than yourself. The word of God tells us that in the last days, the love of many is going to what? The Bible says that in the last days, the love of many is going to wax cold. This verse means that people will stop caring about the needs of others and make their own pleasures and passions what? More important. Matthew 24 and 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So the Bible just spoke and just told you why the love is waxing cold. So the brother I'm on the phone with and anybody I'm on the phone with with this conversation, brother, I already know why the love, your love is waxing cold. Because you're a sinner. You want to go sin. The Bible said, and because what? And because sin shall abound, the love of many shall what? It's because of sin, bro. When we seek to please ourselves and get what we want, we will continue to walk in selfishness and greed while missing God's plan. Greed will lead to what? Sin. And then what does sin always lead to? Shame. Greed. Greed will always lead to sin. Philippians 3 and 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly satisfied with sin is what that means and whose glory is in their shame because they do what your eyes are on things this love i'm talking about is hard to have when you're in sin when you practice sin it's hard to have the love of god because you really can't have both oh it's quiet in the house now Amen. Like the old, old folks, you say, amen, lights. <laughs> Until a person learns how to forsake their fleshly desires, they will constantly intertwine what God wants with their own plan. Man, that's dangerous. This cycle creates a religious, prideful person whose confidence is based on their possessions and achievements. Ain't that something? That's something a religious person always does. When a person is religiously prideful, they get up, praise the Lord, saints. Thank the Lord for being here, my life, my health, and strength. Oh, you know, the Lord is good, ain't he? Oh, he's kept me. I, I, I mean, I, you know, there's a time when I used to sin, I don't ever sin. And oh, I, I live my life, I, I mean, I don't even understand how people can even, oh, sin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sit down. 
You ain't no better than nobody in here. Where your husband? Why he don't come to church? Where your children? Why ain't none of them saved? Nobody want to hear that. That's religiously prideful. Always getting up talking about themselves and what they can do and who they are and what they have. But that's, that's, that's religious prideful. And your confidence is based on that. So you don't even feel good unless you have something to show off. Thank God for ABC. Look at somebody say, thank God for ABC. Our church, we don't do that here. Ain't nobody walking around here trying to take you to the parking lot to see something. Ain't nobody rocking. Man, nobody cares in here. We're just going to either love you as a brother or sister or man. We, we don't care. Why are you trying to show off? Most of us in here, single income anyway. Man, ain't nobody thinking about that. We're just trying to make it work. Make it happen so we can get these kids growed up. And they can give us some money back. Amen. Amen. Let's get these kids where they can bring Yes. Amen. It ain't that kind of service. Romans 8 and 13. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the what? Deeds of your body. What is this saying? This is saying that if you worried about things, they're going to get you. But if you are worried about spiritual things, you're putting the fleshly things aside. And I'm going to make sure. And see, the reason we do this is for our children. We want to set a good example spiritually so that they can have a foundation when they grow up, a foundation in, and an inheritance of Christ and godly things. So we're not going to put earthly things above the godly things. We don't teach that in our homes. We don't want our children to value things over Christ and a relationship with the Lord. But when they see you always trying to get something and always talking about getting something and always talking about what other people have, they're going to hold those things in higher esteem than what's really important. Amen. You know what's really important in your home? You and your wife staying together. Staying together and at least acting like you're happy in front of the children. Can you do that? Yeah, this is a religious person right here, boy. They speaking the blessings of God, but got a snake in their brain. Don't they do that? Oh, how you doing, sister? Oh, I'm blessed. I, 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 oh, I love you. As soon as you walk off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that. They do that. Y'all, some, some women in here do that to my wife. As nice as she is. My wife ain't done nothing to you. Hey, sisters, oh girl, you were just on my mind. I was just talking to some sisters about you. So she walked up, mm-hmm, yeah, we was talking about you. And it's always somebody ugly. I'd be mad too. I'd be mad too. Religious pride. <laughs> Now look around and see who's mad. (laughs) Religious pride is dangerous because it causes us to make proclamations and promises that we cannot live up to. So religious pride makes us make promises and proclamations that are impossible. You set the standard for yourself so high Now there's no wiggle room for you when you make a mistake. 
That's religious pride. Yeah. Yeah, you fall very, very hard when you fall because you lifted yourself very, very high. And the higher you are, the harder the fall. Amen. Oh, that's why I'm trying to be meek and lowly. <laughs> Keep me where I'm supposed to be, Lord. So if I make a mistake, I ain't, I ain't lifted myself up as a perfect person. Amen. And don't you be thinking I am. And don't be calling me that and looking at me. And, oh, don't put that pressure on me. I'm human, man. Not that we planning on doing nothing dumb, but that we all human. So we all subject to make an error and a mistake. But a religiously prideful person lifts themselves up and they always fall harder than everyone else. We try to look better in the eyes of others, which causes us to hide who we really are. So when you try to look better for others, you can't even form real relationships. You know that people have messed up, just messed up their time at ABC. You just ruined it because you came down here, started afresh, started brand new. And then you lifted yourself up in religious pride and tried to look deep and tried to look deep and holy and deeper than everybody else and all that. And now you done messed it up because people don't really know you. Now you got to keep that up with everybody. You see what I'm saying? But if you just be yourself, people will get to know who you really are. And you can form real relationships by being who you really are. Amen. Yeah, that's the truth. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction. A haughty spirit before what? Oh, yeah, that's that's the fall. So you want to be who you are so you can form real, true relationships. Amen. Hiding our true self from others is essentially hiding from God. Because if we are not being who God desires for us to be, then we are hypocrites in his eyes. And that's all a religiously prideful person is, is a hypocrite. They can't love others because others don't know them. They're hypocrites. They act one way in the church house and another way in the regular house. They're hypocrite. Amen. Voice change in church. You call them on the phone. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. In church. Oh, how you doing? Ooh. Yes. Oh, yes. What's up with all the whispering? That's what I don't understand. Hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Blessed of God. Yes. yes. Huh? What? I'm blessed. Blessed. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I told myself I would just never, I would never do that. That used to bother me. You go talk to the preacher after he preached and that cold minty breeze would come at you. Oh, yes. Brother, yes, yes. All right. Y'all remember the mini fresh breeze? I'm going to be the same all the time. Amen. Amen. And you look at somebody and say, be the same. Be the same all the time. That way folks don't get confused. So we can't hide our true selves. We have to be who we really are and not hypocrites. Matthew 23 and 27. This is Christ addressing the Pharisees for this very same reason. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For ye are like unto white sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward but are within full of dead men's bones and of all what you know, they was mad, Jack. 
Jesus Christ was telling them, oh, you look good on the outside, but you're some dead men's bones on the inside. And you got to realize Jesus was saying this in front of everybody. And so, you know, the whole thing about a Pharisee was how they looked in front of others. So everyone thought that they had this greatness of God. And Jesus is straight rebuking them in front of everyone. Oh, he was awesome. Man, I want to be like him. This is why it is impossible to love God and the world. You cannot love God in private, but live to please others in public. When we, when we pretend to be something that we're not, we are doing it to be better than someone else. We cannot shame or tear down others for our own what? When we pretend to be something we're not, then we are doing it to be better than others. Proverbs 11 and 9, a hypocrite with his mouth does what? A hypocrite has to destroy another person to look better. You got to take somebody down to bring yourself up. This is not the behavior that God has for us. Amen. Summary. Peter was a man that thought he loved God more than everyone else. Y'all remember Peter? Peter thought he loved God more than everyone else. Who do you love the most? Peter's like me, me, it's me. I'm the one, I'm the chosen one. Yes, everyone at the table, I'm the chosen one. And Christ looked at him and said, Peter, no, don't do this. The devil has asked for permission to sift you like wheat. And I've already prayed that your faith will not fail. And Peter's like, me? I got your back. I'm the one, remember? I'm telling Christ, remember? (laughs) But Peter thought that he loved God more than everyone else. He bragged on his love and even went to great lengths to prove his love by cutting off the soldier's ear. So when the soldier tried to get Jesus, oh, no, you can't have that. You can't have that. Cut his ear off. Christ is like, why are you cutting this man's ear off trying to prove that you something you're not? Didn't I tell you that when, before the cock crows three times, you're going to act like you don't even know me? Put your sword up, Peter, because you don't even mean that. Remember, you're still on the clock. See, that's what. you on the clock, so put the sword up. He swore that he could never betray Christ because he loved him so much. But Peter's love was a proud, selfish love that was rooted in what? The opinions of others. And Peter probably had a background where he had to look a certain way in front of others and he felt he had to, because he always had this problem. All the way up into this, Peter was always struggling with what other folks thought. Always. I mean, if you read, the, read all three Gospels, Peter was always concerned about what others thought and trying to look better than others in front of everyone. So his love was proud, selfish, was rooted in the opinion of others. Peter wasn't ready to give up everything for Christ's sake. He wasn't in love with Christ, what? At all. In fact, Peter was in love with the power of Christ and how being with Christ made him feel. Can you really be in love with the power of Christ? Yes, you can. Remember Simon the sorcerer? The Bible says Simon the sorcerer started believing when they saw the Holy Ghost healing folks and delivering folks and folks were speaking in tongues and all the stuff that was going on with the New Testament. Simon the sorcerer was like, 
dude, I got to have this, man. How much does it cost? I showed you his intent the whole time. His intent was to become what the people thought he was. The people thought he was a great man of God or some great wonder, the Bible says. So he wanted to affirm the people by having that power and even offered them money for it. So he was in love with the acts of the apostles. Amen. And the apostles told him, bruh, no, it don't, it don't work that way. Amen. Peter wasn't ready to give up everything for Christ's sake. He wasn't in love with Christ. He was in love with the power of Christ and how being with Christ made him feel. If he really loved Christ, he would not have what? Denied him. You know, some folks just in love with church, but church isn't in them. They got the clothes. They got the three-piece suit with the chain and the watch and the, on the end. Yeah, they got the holy dresses and the, oh, they love the attention they get. They love the attention they get when they get up and, and speak. They love having an audience. Finally, somebody will listen to me. Oh, they're in love with that. They're in love with churching. But the love of God is not in them because they deny Christ. They deny the truth. You know how you can tell when somebody's in love with just the idea of church, especially a pastor. You know how you can tell when he's just in love with the idea of it? He's going to have a bunch of homosexuals in there. He just want people. He ain't going to say nothing. He ain't going to challenge it. He ain't going to speak again. He ain't going to go talk to him. He's going to have a whole bunch of whoremongers in the church too. He ain't going to say nothing. He's going to have a flame on the organ shooting fire out of his fingers. Yeah. Going to have one directing and all the tenor section tongues hanging out every time they sing a, sing a part. All that vibrato and tongue. Yeah, they, they don't care. They just want people. They want bodies in there. And they get up and preach a good message that goes around all the issues, but don't deal with nothing. They ain't going to challenge the young single men. The single men walk around and dated all the girls in the church. Then hit some of it too. All in the church. Yes, I mean, going just running through the pews, sliding under the pews. Yes, I, where'd you come from? <laughs> yeah. Men just macking, just can't get out the door. Ooh, women just got to just, okay, it's, service is over. Okay, you ready? Oh. <laughs> got to run out the Run through the vestibule. So you don't get hit on. Hey, girl, hey, hey, I'll see you. Come here. Come here, guy. He ain't going to say nothing. He don't care. He want bodies. Yeah, that means it's his man. Peter had a change of heart, though. This is the good part. He had a change of heart after he learned that his love was superficial and not spiritual. Bible says he was sitting on the beach buck naked. We're sitting around a fire. Woe is me. That was just a sign kind of like sackcloth and ashes. He would just, after he had denied Christ, he had just come to a realization that, man, I wasn't even with Christ. I spent all that time with him and I wasn't even with him because I denied him. But what did Christ do? Christ looked at him. He saw Christ come in. The Bible says he got up and ran after Christ. He had a change of heart. And Christ told him that if he really loved him, he would give up his life for others just as he had done. Jesus told him, if you love me, do what? Feed my sheep. Meaning considering others instead of yourself is how you show your love 
for God. Feed my sheep. Forget about yourself. Peter took heed, eventually became a great witness for Christ and died upholding his name because he gave up his own wants and needs for the needs of God's people. Sacrificing ourselves is the highest place that we can get to in Christ. We must give up our lives for others if we want to what? Follow him. Scripture tells us if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. That's it. If you keep my commandments, do what I say, you're going to abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that your, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be what? Full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Because greater love hath no man than this, that a man does what? Lay down his life for somebody else, man. That's what this walk is about. That's why there's no divorce. You lay down your life. Amen. That's why you don't go off on folks and cuss folks. You lay down your life. I'm going to let them have it. If that makes them feel good, then let them feel good. Because I know who I am. I know who God has made me. So I'm going to do it God's way this time. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. We got to love him right. The right way. It's the only way we're going to love each other right in here. The only way we're going to treat each other right in here. This is the only way. We have to love him right. The right way. And how do we love him? By laying down our life for him. What we want. You know, the things battle or the things battle that you fight, desiring things. Y'all, that's real. A lot of times your parents can put that in you by making you chase certain things so that they can look better a lot of times. A lot of times they don't do it knowingly or whatever, but that was their motivation so that they could brag about you when they get around their sisters or something. Yeah, and got you going all kind of directions to prove themselves. Yeah, fathers can do it a lot of times. Push and push, push the children. Push them till they just start striving. And then they come to a realization that none of this stuff really matters. But it's hard to stop striving when you've strove all your life. We're going to break that off you today. Everyone bow your heads. If I'm talking to you and you know strive, got the coat, it's got to go today. I want you to just come up. Move, y'all move this podium. Come up here and we're going to pray and just ask God to break it off. It was put on you. It wasn't, you didn't put it on you. It was put on you by someone who maybe raised expectations for you some kind of way. Overdid it. Pushing you. Overdid it. Made you feel inadequate some kind of way. And you just want that off you? Just come on up. We're going we're gonna to trust God for this. You don't have to prove yourself to nobody. You don't have to prove yourself to no one. Our report card in this life is our children, our husbands, our wives, and God. That's it. Those are the things that God grades us on. So we don't have to look good with things and cars and money and clothes. I don't have to do that. No. All we have to do, all we have to do is do what the word requires of us. Take care of your family, man. Take care of your family, woman. And take care of the things of God. That's it. 
So anyone up here, we're going to knock expectations of others off you today. This is it. Just dump it. Right here. Everyone bow your heads. And all of you that have come up here, just bow your heads. And I'm a, I'm, we're going to trust that you leave this here. You don't need to struggle with this anymore. Anymore. Because what other people think will drive you into debt. What other people think will push you into bad decisions. And they will ruin your marriage, your hope of a marriage, your children. No, we're breaking that now. Only God's expectation for you is what matters right now. And God's expectation. He said his yoke is easy. His burdens are light. Come unto me, all ye that are striving, and I'm going to give you rest. It's time to rest, people. It's time to rest. Anyone else? Before I start praying, anyone else? Don't do this from your seat. Just come on up. Join us up here. Come on. Anyone else? Come on. Come on. Don't worry about what people think. Man, it's church. This is your opportunity to stop that right now. I'm not, I'm not qualifying for somebody else's competition. I'm not qualifying for someone else's expectation. I don't have to qualify for that. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you and you alone. It's nobody else's business. It's you. Between you and him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This has affected your love the way you love him. This has affected the way you approach him in prayer. This has affected everything. And it's time for it to go. It's time for it to go. Hallelujah. With your heads bowed. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for a message like this. Father God, that digs deep into who we are to help us become who you want us to be. In spite of all the religiosity that we've heard and the expectations and the pressure, the pressure that has been placed on us to achieve and many of us, even our mothers and fathers, maybe unknowingly or the baby boomers, just putting pressure on us to have something and do something and be better. All the things that don't matter at all to you. Don't matter. What matters to you is that we live for you and we do what you created us to do. And what you created us to do is be a husband, a wife, and honor you. That's it. Anything outside of that is what we want to do. So I pray right now, God, that you would take this pressure off and help us to focus on what's really and truly important. That as men, we be providers, protectors, and priests of our own homes. As women, you will serve your husband, love him, and love your children and take care of them. God, help us to be what's important to you and get the love of the world out of us. The love of the flesh, the love of the eye, the pride of life, 
Because if these things are in us, your love is not according to your word. So take it out, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. No matter how deep it is, no matter where it resides, pull it out right now. From the depths of us, pull it out. So it won't be a part of our prayer anymore. It won't be a part of our daily walk. It won't be a part of our thought process. Pull out the pride. Pull out the lust of the flesh. Pull out the lust of the eye. Pull these things out of us right now. So we can be pleasing unto you with the things that truly matter. And we'll give your name the praise for it. We'll give you the glory and the honor for it. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Leave it here. You can go back to your seat, but leave it here. Leave it here. Don't take it back with you. Don't take it back with you. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.